Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Amen. Uh, This morning, we are pretty much summing up the theme for this month of October, which is gratitude. Amen. And gratitude is one of those topics you can never speak enough on because it's, 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 it's so critical and so important and yet so easy to take for granted. Amen. And the first thing I want to say this morning is that uh, when we studied Luke chapter 17, Jesus healing the ten lepers and only one coming to say thank you. We established that. It wasn't necessarily that the other nine are not grateful. We don't get the sense that they were ungrateful. They just didn't express it. They didn't come with the urgency with which the one Samaritan came back to Jesus to say thank you. They probably were waiting for an opportune time. Or maybe in their heart they said a prayer for Jesus. And we established that when gratitude is not expressed, it is not very different from ingratitude. And this is a very, very important thing to remember. Most human beings, most decent human beings are grateful when you do something for them. They are grateful. They appreciate it. But not all of us are expressive. And when we don't express our gratitude... We are no different from the person who is ungrateful because the person didn't know. They just didn't know. So, as I was preparing for this morning, I I was asking the Holy Spirit that I know that gratitude is important to you and and I'm looking for a good case study in Scripture, good examples of how gratitude is to be expressed so we can all learn from it. Amen. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of the story in the book of Esther, chapter 6. So the book of Esther is a very interesting book. It's a book that was written, it's it's, it's the only book in the Bible where you not find the name of God mentioned. So you read Esther from chapter 1 to, I think it ends on chapter 10 or something like that. And and God, the word God is not mentioned anywhere. It's a book that was written when... The Israelites were in exile. They were strangers in another land. And they were praying and believing God for the day they can return back to Jerusalem. And while they were in this land as strangers, as immigrants, as exiles, they have to survive. And by God's grace, some of them got noticed and got opportunity to work in the palace or around the palace. And one of these men was Mordecai. Mordecai had a, a niece. Niece is the girl, isn't it? Niece, nephew, I always confuse them. That's, that's when you know English is not my first language. Uh, because in my language, there's nothing like niece. You know, you just say he had a daughter. <laughs> your brother's daughter is your daughter. So his brother had passed away, and this little orphan girl became his responsibility, and her name was Esther. The original queen got drunk 
whilst the king was also drunk and she was given an order by a drunk king and the drunk queen couldn't respond. So a group of insecure men decided that, well, as an example to all other women, her crown should be taken from her and that's how Vashti was no longer queen. <laughs> it was a... It was, if you want to study about the impact of alcohol, that's probably a good story. And the insecurity of men, that's another good story. And so, this orphan finds herself as queen. And she's married to King Zerzes. And her uncle works at the palace. He sits at the palace gate. And then he finds out that two men, two of the bodyguards, two people who were on payroll, paid every month to protect the king, wanted to assassinate him. <laughs> Sometimes the people you pay are the ones who want to assassinate you. The people you feed. The mouth that you feed wants to bite you. So Mordecai, at the risk of his own life, makes sure that this plot unravels. He, he, he tells the queen, his, his, his daughter, who goes to tell the king and after investigation, these two men were executed. We don't know the details of that plot. We don't know who was behind it. But whilst that had happened and everybody pretty much had forgotten, there was another problem. There was a man called Naaman who was the king's psychic, very powerful, who really, really hated not just Mordecai, but the Jews in total. And the Bible is very intentional. Somebody once said that God does not waste words. So every word you see in the Bible is there for a reason. There are no wasted words in scripture. So we discover that Naaman, this man, sorry, his name was Haman. This man who decided, Haman decided that because Mordecai will not bow to him and because he doesn't like the Jews anyway, he doesn't want to just kill Mordecai. He wants to kill all the Jews. So Hitler is not the first person or was not the first person to think of genocide, to think of wiping out God's chosen people. But what is interesting, the Bible tells us that he was Haman the Agagite. Why was he Haman the Agagite? Why would God tell us that? That he was a descendant of Agag. Do you remember the famous scripture, to be obedient is better than to sacrifice and rebellion is like the sin of divination? Do you remember what that story was about? It was about a king that God commanded Saul to kill, that Saul spared. And because God said, deal with this sin, wipe it out, uproot it, and Saul, in his wisdom, <laughs> didn't. It's like sin that lingers. Today we meet his descendant. Our people who were supposed to be wiped out weren't wiped out because somebody disobeyed God. Sin that God said, I want you to deal with this sin. I want you to confront it for what it is. Get help if necessary. See a therapist if you have to. Check into rehab if you have to. Speak to a counselor if you have to. Get help if you have to. Deal with it. Be honest with yourself. See it for the problem it is and deal with it. And Israel didn't. King Saul didn't. And for generations they were looking for opportunity 
to approve God's people. Amen. So it is in the midst of this confusion and this, this chaos that we get to Esther chapter 6. And I read, that night, what night? That night was the night Haman the Agagite finally raised poles. Poles to hang people on. He had, he had mounted poles that he was going to hang Mordecai and as many Jews as possible on. So that night, the night he had decided tomorrow by this time, there will be no Jew left in this land. All the Jews will be dead. That night, the king had trouble sleeping. The king had trouble sleeping because the Jews were fasting and praying. Hallelujah. There is always a place for fasting and prayer. That night, the king had trouble sleeping. So he ordered an attendant to bring the book of the history of his reign. So it could be read to him. In those records, he discovered an account of how Mordecai had exposed the plot of Bictana and Teresh, two of the eunuchs who guarded the door to the king's private quarters. They had plotted to assassinate King Zeus. What reward or recognition did we ever give Mordecai for this? The king asked. Let me repeat verse 3. What reward or recognition did we ever give Mordecai for this? The king asked. His attendant replied, nothing has been done for him. Who is it that in the outer court? The king inquired. As it happened, Haman had just arrived in the outer court of the palace to ask the king to impale Mordecai on the pole he had prepared. So the attendants replied to the king, Haman is out in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. So Haman came in and the king said, What should I do to honor a man who truly pleases me? Haman thought to himself, Whom will the king wish to honor more than me? So he replied, If the king wishes to honor someone, he should bring out one of the king's own royal robes, as well as a horse that the king himself has ridden, one with a royal emblem on its head, let the robes and the horse be handed over to, the one, to one of the king's most no, noble officials and let him see that the man whom the king wishes to honor is dressed in the king's robes and led through the city square on the king's horse. Have the officials shout as they go, this is what the king does for someone he wishes to honor. Excellent, the king said to Haman. Quick, take the robes and my horse, and do just as you have said for Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the gate of the palace. Leave out nothing you have suggested. So Haman took the robes and put them on Mordecai, placed him on the king's own horse, and led him through the city square, shouting, this is what the king does for someone he wishes to honor. Afterward, Mordecai returned to the palace gate, but Haman hurried home, dejected, and completely humiliated. Amen. Isn't it interesting that after his honoring, he didn't go back home. He went back to work. Says afterward, Mordecai returned to the palace gate. Amen. So this is for leaders. The Bible is actually a fantastic manual for leadership. And this story is teaching you that if you're a leader who recognizes and rewards hard work, your employees will work twice as hard. Amen. 
When the king called the servant, he said, bring the books. The king kept records. It's a very good habit to have a journal of gratitude. You can have a, your regular diary, your regular journal, but if you have this one, where the, every single day before you sleep, you ask yourself, what has God done for me today? And you journal them, a journal of gratitude. Amen. It's important to remember. Somebody once said, remember in the darkness what God told you in the light. The darkness always comes. And sometimes it comes and you'll be singing, lonely, I am so lonely, I have nobody, I am my own. You know, and yet you are not on your own. And, and, and in that moment where your brain can just not appreciate the good things, the merciful things, you just take your journal of gratitude. And say, so, oh, last week this happened. Two years ago that happened. Three months ago that happened. Hallelujah. It's good. Amen. It's a good habit. So they bring out the king's books and he says, oh, what did we do for Mordecai? The servant says, nothing. He says, did we recognize him? No. Did we reward him? Those two words are important when it comes to the expression of gratitude. Recognition and reward. Amen. Unexpressed gratitude is no different from ingratitude. Let's remember that. A bit like, it's a bit like somebody loving you in their heart, but they never propose. What's the use? What's the use? You know, you, you love the person, you want to marry them, but, but the, the love is just in your heart and you never express it. You know? But if you were to call her, oh, sister, yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> sister, yeah, the last time I dreamed a dream, <laughs> the way your neck is cut like fried or bottle, <laughs> like me and you, <laughs> if you say in Ghana means yes, <laughs> it is the only click sound in our language. It's two, yeah, it means yes, yeah. It means no. <laughs> Listen, even if you fumble, say it. If it stays in your heart, it's not enough. In fact, our salvation package is the same. That is with the heart. Man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. If it just stays in your heart, you're not going to be saved. To all the single ladies and the single brothers. Uh, gratitude is the same as love. That's why some people will tell you that gratitude is a verb. Gratitude is an action word. Amen. It is not a noun. It is not a pronoun. It is, it is a verb. Gratitude is something you do. It is not something you feel. It is not something you think. You know, like, I sing in my heart, but nobody claps for me. You know, like, like in my head and in my heart, I sing, the, 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 the notes are clean, clear, the timing is perfect. I can sing anything. But you, you never clap for me. Because you don't hear it. When my wife hears it, she cringes. <laughs> You know, gratitude is the same. I want to encourage you. Be generous with gratitude. Amen. 
and, and it's really very simple because everything we celebrate gets repeated. Everything we celebrate. That's why when you are raising children, instead of always telling them, stop, stop, don't, 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 experts will tell you, tell them exactly what you want them to do. And when they do something that you like, intentionally affirm it. Oh, I like the way you tie your shoes. You tie your shoes so well. It's like, wow, mommy likes it when I tie my shoes. So they keep doing it, and then they get better. Don't leave your lace hanging. All he heard was lace hanging, lace hanging. Don't run. All they hear is run, run. Oh, I love it when you sit quietly and read your book. It's better than stop running. Because they don't hear stop, they don't hear don't. Maybe only my kids were like that. All of you are amazing when you were little. But gratitude is really like that. You have to express it and express it clearly. Remember that what Mordecai does to save the king was done in secret. It was never broadcasted. It was recorded in some annals and forgotten. It's not very different from the seeds we sow. But when the harvest came, Haman was walking in the city square, shouting, this is what the king does for the man he wants to honor. This is what the king does for the man he wants to honor. Amen. So, gratitude is a call to PDA, public display of affection. People don't, and this is what is interesting. You realize that Haman didn't tell the people exactly what Mordecai had done. The details can always stay private. You get it? It's, they don't need to know. I was broke and he sent me $5. We don't need that detail. But the expression of gratitude, that you can do and do publicly. You know. It, it, it's important. And, and especially for those of us who lead in any way, it's important to remember this and to learn this lesson because what the action of the king or the command of the king did for the nation, for all the other servants, is if I serve this king faithfully, this is how he will honor me. Amen. If you look at how one employee is being praised for something they've done, for the target they've hit and all that, being celebrated, you sit there as a fellow employee and say, oh wow, if I also work hard in this organization, this is how I will be honored. Whatever is celebrated gets repeated. In the book of 2 Samuel chapter 9, there's a story of King David waking up one day. After many years of of running away from Saul, at some point pretending to be a madman, finally becoming king of Israel and Judah. And then one day he sits up and says, is there anybody left from the house of King Saul that I can, I can show honor to, that I can show kindness to, for the sake of Jonathan? Jonathan was his friend when he was a nobody. Jonathan was the only person in the royal family who believed in him. 
Jonathan was supposed to be king after his father Saul. And yet he loved David so much, he said, I don't care. If God has decided you'll be next, the, the next king, I will be your servant. I will serve by your side whilst you serve as king. Unfortunately, Jonathan died a young man. And David wrote a beautiful poem, and he commanded all Israel to sing that song, that poem. Thy glory, O Israel, is leaned upon thy high places. How are the mighty fallen? Tell it not in God. Publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon. Let the daughters of the Philistines rejoice. Let the daughters of the uncircumcised exalt. And he went on and on in praise of Jonathan. But today he wakes up and says, is there anybody left? He finds out he has a son who was crippled, who lived in a place called Lodibar. If, 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 if Israel was Ghana, Lodibar would be Sodom and Gomorrah. Lodibar was, the name Lodibar itself means forgotten place. It was somewhere out there where nobody goes. This is where the son of Jonathan, a man who once was so kind to King David, this is where he was forgotten. A servant had stolen his inheritance because he was crippled. David doesn't just restore his fortunes. He brings him to his palace and says, every day you will eat at my table. Yes, he was doing it in gratitude to what Jonathan did for him. But also it was a message to his servants. It was a message. If you love me as Jonathan loved me, if you serve me as Jonathan served me, I will never forget you. I will never forget your descendants. Amen. It was a message to those who were around him. That's the power of gratitude. This whole thing where we are grateful in our heart, but we don't express it. And then sometimes when the person resigns, you see the boss will stand there and tell, oh, I had great plans for that guy. If he had been just a little patient, I had great plans for him. Where were your great plans? They were in your head. You are no different from the brother who didn't propose. Call her. Have you done your quiet time today? <laughs> what did the Holy Spirit say? <laughs> Please, let's get serious. <laughs> let's get serious. As Gloria and her friends have been reminding me, October is the month of auction. It is not the month of browsing. <laughs> so remember that. This is supposed to be very short. Gratitude, when not expressed, is no different from ingratitude. Amen. And gratitude is one of the few times when you are allowed to do a public display of affection. You don't need to get into the details of why, but you have to express the love and express it clearly. Recognition and reward. And when you do that, especially as a leader, not only does it bless the person who sowed the seed, who helped you, who did what, but it also encourages the people around you. Because they realize that if I serve faithfully, I'll be rewarded, I'll be recognized, and I'll be rewarded. This is very much in line with our Lord and Savior Jesus himself and his values. You know, he heals ten and he says, where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? Why didn't they come and fall at my feet and also say thank you? If Jesus wants to be appreciated, so does everybody. 
Amen. Amen. And I want to use this opportunity to thank all of you. Somebody says the two most powerful words. Apart from yes and no, two other most powerful words in the world are thank you. Amen. ACC is not an accident. This church is not, is not an accident. Uh, some of us travel to church. Some of us come to church, you know, like if you live five kilometers, 10 kilometers, 15 kilometers, maybe 15 is far, 10 kilometers, you come to church. And then there are those who travel <laughs> to church, you know. And then there are those who wake up and they don't feel like coming to church, but they have responsibilities. So they carry themselves. They drag themselves here. You know. And then you have all those who give in secret. Some will find somebody else to put it in the church's bank account so we don't see it's them because they want to. At all costs, they're anonymous. And then there are those who don't care so much about it. But God sees. But even more importantly, I want you to know that this church runs because of your kindness and generosity. And we are grateful. Amen. We truly are grateful. Forgive us if we are not as expressive. This is something I am working on. Gratitude as an expression. But we are not here by accident. Somebody said if you see a tortoise on a fence, you know it didn't get there by itself. Somebody put it there. Amen. Some of us, we are like tortoises on a fence. <laughs> we didn't fly there. Either. It is by God's awesome grace and by your generosity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word. It's simple. And yet life transforming if we'll live it, if we'll practice it. We pray for presence of mind and we pray that we'll be doers as we leave here, may we practice it. May we be intentional in thanking, in clearly appreciating, clearly demonstrating gratitude to the people in our lives, the people you've blessed us with, to those who serve us, those who work with us. Help us, Lord. Let this be our posture. Let gratitude be our posture. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.